Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? Ham. Yeah. Changed up at 40. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and if you haven't noticed, I've completely lost my voice from last night. Um, I was sitting in the uh, well, Wednesday night. Um, I was sitting right in that corner where Tedesco scored the series-winning try from a you know, beautiful passage of play from Ferguson, the one and true king. Beautiful, um, and, be- beautiful Blake now. Yeah, beautiful Blake. Um, friendship with Bo Henry ended. <laughs> Ferguson, he is my new best friend. Um, so 40, 40 is going to host tonight because, yeah, obviously you can hardly hear me. Um, so I'll jump over to him for the reviews, then we'll touch on some news and then into the previews. Um, and hopefully it'll be uh, raining on the Benji Marshall uh, parade. <laughs> 300 parade, that's it. Uh, so we're we're on a time limit today, boys, because the uh, rugby, or I was about to say rugby league, the uh, international cricket World Cup is on tonight. Australia versus England at seven thirty. So we'll get through this shit nice and quick. Um, so let's get into the reviews, starting with the uh, the women's uh, uh, premiership for Wenty. They unfortunately went down to the Saints twenty eight to twelve. Uh, Saints were ranked lower than on the ladder. Is that right, Hamish? Correct. Yeah. One, so one spot lower. Yeah. So they missed a chance there to um, secure a win, which is unfortunate. Uh, in the Shield, uh, it looked like Wente had the bye, so our other feeder club, the Guildford Owls, played, and they lost the Cabramana 28-26. In the Ron Massey Cup, and this is part of the reason why the friendship with Bo Henry has been terminated for Hamish, uh, the Saints 22 knocked over Wente 8, which is really shocking, actually. Wente obviously second usually, loss for the year. Yeah, second loss of the year. Wente obviously a powerhouse in that grade by um, uh, most weeks, just off, off the ball, off the um, boiler there. Um, and in the the only real major grade that was um, played last week with buyers in Jersey flag and obviously in the NRL, um, in the Canterbury Cup, Wenty uh, twenty two defeated Wenty two uh, sixteen, which is uh, the Manly Rinka Seagulls feeder club, Bankstown Workers or whatever they're called. Um, the Parramatta Eels. <laughs> the Parramatta. The, yeah, exactly. So um, in Eels that, as opposed to Eagles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Manly Eels and Eagles. Um, so 22-16, try scorers for Wenty included Bevan French, Andrew Davey on a nice inside line, and Greg Lalissiwau iced the game. Uh, Reese Davies was free from free off the tee with two extra penalty goals to go five from five. Daniel Alvaro got sinbinned. Um, and for um, to add to the um, the Parramatta try scorers, Tony Williams and Dan Ackerflower crossed for the Seagulls, along with Lloyd Perrett. Um, and this was um, out at Ringrose uh, on Sunday afternoon, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right, Ham? No, Saturday. It was Saturday. Saturday, Saturday was. Yeah, and um, I wasn't out there again, unfortunately, but I know that Ham was, and so he's going to have some good opinions for us for this game. Yeah, um, going into the game, I was thinking that you know they should be coming out and absolutely, you know, Win comfortably with this team because the workers have only won two games all year and um, a lot of changes to their team and everything. I got you cutting uh, out a little bit there, buddy. Oh, have I dropped out? Yeah, just Discord, I think. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, just sort of just a uh, standard winning performance there where um, just in and out of the game. Um, for the final 20 minutes, they shifted uh, Bevan to the halves with Salmon going back to fullback. Uh, for both attack and defence, which I thought was um, interesting. There was a uh, – it worked all right. Bevy got his hands on the ball a little bit more. Um, he should be doing that from fullback anyway, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Salmon did all right. He caught a pretty good bomb, but he dropped uh, a grubber which was going every which way. So a um, bit of an up-down game from him from fullback. But in the halves, um, he set up 
two out of the three tries. You uh, threw the ball to Davey on that inside line and to Greg, um, with, of course, Bevan crashing over from dummy half for his try. Um, he said he had three line breaks. So he had a, I thought it was probably his best game um, he's had in reserve grade all year. Um, he's really starting to come on as a half, and I'm, I'm, I'm surprised at that because I, I think he's better off running off players rather than putting players through gaps, but he's doing really well. Um, so he's, he, he had a good game. Um, Oregon Kafusi had a return to form. I think that was with a return to the bench. Um, his minutes, his um, runs weren't being taken by Tim and Danny, so he made 145 metres from 11 runs, and you could tell that was on the field. He was a lot better. Um, Hazy had a rocks and diamonds game. He dropped the ball a couple of times, but he ran for nearly uh, 10 metres a run. Uh, Greg had another Greg game where <laughs> he, he made only, I think he made about 250 meters or something, something ridiculous, but just awful defense. It's it's so it's so fascinating. He has incredible drive when it comes to running, but the other facets of his game just he hasn't managed to polish and just doesn't show interest in polishing. It's just so poor and like, and the thing is, you you know, you, I say he made 250 meters, but he could be making more. Like, uh <laughs> That, but that's that's the thing about it. He's just so the way his body is. It's con, like the way his his body shape is. It's conducive to making meters. He's light on his feet. He's short, nuggety, um, but he just doesn't have the the. He doesn't want to put in the effort. So he he could be making over three hundred meters a game if he got his hands on the ball a little bit more. Was a little bit fitter. Um, he could easily be making three hundred meters a game. But that's just Greg. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Will it's Smith good. Went off with a, a concussion, and never returned. So um, Reese Davies had to move from lock to halfback. So that's not a, a you know shocking twist for him though. He's used to playing the halves. Oh yeah, I actually didn't mind him playing. In he's a very good um, defensive technique, Reese Davies. Mm. So it was interesting that he's um, in our development squad and has been promote been pushed to lock. I wonder if. If he stays on next year, I'm not sure if he will. But um, if we see him... A little bit more know, like positional versatility. role going yeah. forward. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's halfback, and he does pretty well in the halves, but he's got that utility value and very good defensive player. Rarely misses a tackle. And um, that win, actually, for the first time in a long time, lifts the Magpies into the... No, wait. No, I'm thinking of the 20, sorry. But it keeps Wenty in the top eight, sorry. So they, yeah. they, they take eighth spot with uh, seven wins and... Eight losses, it looks like. Am I reading this right? Yeah, seven wins, eight losses. So just below 500% or 5.500, sorry, on the old win-loss ratio. Um, so they're within um, touching distance of, uh, what, four teams inside the top eight, though. Dragons, Mounties, Bears, and Jets are all either the same amount of wins or one win ahead of them, which is good. Um, so Winty obviously starting to not catch fire, but they're getting wins now, which is better than the own free start they had with all the uh, NRL players that dropped back into their ranks. Yeah, um, I think they've. I think they've got the. Um, they've named the team again this week. I'm not. I'm not too happy with. Well, that'll be later on. But I think they got the prop rotation right. Um, the past week, I think they need to go back to. Mm-hmm. That, to and that, that, that's a huge part of of the um the issue for Wendy, isn't it? Is making sure to balance their rotation between all their you know quote unquote star players. Yeah, um, because you've got, um, Timmy and Danny. They take like. And there's, they have to. There's only so much of the play. pie they can get shared around when you've got that many play, you know, players that want to run the ball. 
Yeah, and the thing is, and then you're taking off Oregon, who only then only runs four meters and makes fifteen tackles, and you're bringing on like a, a Roddy, who when uh, he contracted players, when you know if you replace Danny with Oregon, all of a sudden you're just sort of you're shifting more sideways rather than shifting down in terms of quality of player there. So mm -hmm. I think they need to change that. Um, and I, I, I preferred that on the weekend because I thought um, the intensity didn't drop as much as it usually does when your um, top 30 players are going off and you're bringing on when you contract a player. So I think they need to look at that game and go back to what that was because it, it worked really well, I and thought. And a stupid point. All righty, let's move on. There were two non-Paramatta games played last night, uh, obviously both under the banner of State of Origin. We'll just go through those very quickly. Uh, the New South Wales under-20s, 36, defeated the Queensland under-20s, 10, in a pretty um, one-sided match once the initial exchanges were, were done. Um, Parramatta had two uh, representatives taking the field for New South Wales. Ethan Parry was playing at right centre, and Stefano Toikamanu came off the bench as a prop. Um uh, Oregon Kafusi was initially named in this squad, but he pulled out and ended up playing for Wenty on the weekend. Um, and he obviously had a great game there, as Ham just elaborated. Uh, but what did you think, boys? Um, both for New South Wales in general, and obviously more importantly, the two Parramatta players. Uh, they played the, especially Stefano played his role perfectly. Um, you know, he come off the bench. He didn't try and make huge runs like uh, we were talking about it before. Spencey Lenu is a Penrith player. Made a big run, but then he'd get up arguing with the ref. And I think Blocker made it a point of it on commentary too, where um, come on, made a big run, but then he'd get up arguing. And then the next run, you know, went to nothing. Whereas Stefano got up, played the ball quickly. The next play could be attacking. They shifted the ball and they did what they wanted with it. So he played, I thought he had a really good game, Stefano. And then Parry, of course, had a sort of a typical Ethan Parry well, he, I, I, I'm not sure who he matched up against, but I know he was a, a pretty fancied center and he took him to school defensively. Um, yeah. the, the one try that was scored down Ethan's edge was a contentious potential double movement right at the end of the game. Uh, but he was, um, he just, you know, was matching up against him great defensively and he scored a, an Andrew Davey-esque try is how he described it, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, a siphoning. It was, I mean, Blocker couldn't actually, he's like, oh, that guy was so fast I didn't even see who it was. It was a siphoning inside um, line where he just carved through the sliding defense and went under the posts. Um, so yeah, that was a great try for Ethan. And I, yeah, I do agree. Stop him there. And I, I do agree about you about you with Stefano. I thought he played his role off the bench to a T. Um, he came on and brought the aggression. Um, he was right in Queensland's faces. He was you know, and in in a good way in Origin, stirring shit. You know, pressing buttons. Um, he wasn't going to let Queensland set the tone. And he was the one that, uh, for a number of the big runs and and what would lead the points, he was the guy that had the first run that laid the platform for the, the big break that came after, and that came yeah, with... Yeah, so it, it disrupted the defensive line. Exactly. Big post-contact meters, good play, the um, good quick play of ball, and then all of a sudden the, the defensive line is fractured and New South Wales prospered. Uh, especially that um, Sydney Roosters hooker, he really enjoyed running after um, Stefano. Uh, yeah, and you can see, especially like after a penalty, it's hard to disrupt the defensive line and get a quick get a um, uh, run on play sort of thing, like a positive plays. So, you know, having Stefano there, he really breaks the defensive line down and then he gets a quick play the ball away. And rather than being um, third or fourth tackle, you're getting that roll on. All of a sudden you're getting on first tackle and you can use the ball a little bit more. So, yeah, he's, he was really good off the bench. I, I'd, I'd like to see 
um, the numbers he put up. Obviously, we don't. Yeah, unfortunately, you don't get uh, the under twenties origin uh, stats, or as far as I know, we don't get it, and it's really unfortunate because I thought defensively he was very strong, on top of the great attacking uh, play that he brought to the team, and um, that well, continues. Here's a stat for you, Ethan Parry, try. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The the final try of the game, he was the last try scorer. There you go. So that that um continues a streak of um of uh, general dominance for New South Wales and the juniors of origin. I know that Queensland have started to be a little bit better in the 16s and 18s this year, but um prior to that, New South Wales have completely owned, especially under uh, um, under 20s, but the other grades as well. So things looking good for New South Wales down the pipeline. Um, and that takes us to the main event that was last night. New South Wales 26, sensationally defeating Queensland 20 in the last minute of play um, on the back of uh, Big Dick Blake Ferguson, as we um we, we fondly call him now. Um, with With um, one of the uh, plays that will be shrined in a mortaldom for sure, um, right up there with the, the coin try for Queensland, uh, in the obviously in the, the dime moments of that game as well. It was a miracle. Oh, a miracle. absolutely. And, and it was... Oh, amazingly enough, like the single positive thing Mitchell Pierce has done in 19 games of State of Origin, and it delivered the serious victory. So I, I thought I thought it was rubbish all night. You can't spell redemption without Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was rubbish all night, but to his credit, he threw the, the one, like one of the big passes when it counts. To be honest, he was better than Maloney. Maloney had no oh. shocker. Oh, um, but Ferguson, he was fantastic. The 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 workhorse stuff out oh, of our own end, I mean, especially in that first half where it was just stops. He had no he had the commentators to. gushing over him because of how tough he was playing. Uh, twenty one runs, one hundred and seventy one meters, and the try assist for the uh, game winning try, the championship or series winning try. Six tackle breaks, the one line break obviously coming with that try assist. Uh, he was a, a tool of the force. Uh, every set he was taking the second or third hit up. He was just you know going right into the teeth of the Queensland forwards and he never went backwards once uh absolutely titanic effort and I know that there are other efforts that were you know more impressive and more flashy James Tedesco obviously was sensational uh the hooker uh god Damien Cook, Damien Cook had a great game as well um uh, obviously Cam Murray yeah, yeah Cam Murray I thought those four I thought, I thought that was one of New South Wales I, I wasn't Coming after game one, I wasn't super impressed with Cam Murray, to be honest, but in uh, game two and three, he's been outstanding. And he was. I have to say, Whiten's defense at center. Oh, that was, I mean, that was fantastic. I, I've, I've always thought that Whiten was naturally a center, you know, coming through the juniors and then in first grade, he got moved around a bit. That was a fantastic effort. He, um, I mean, maybe it's not that, like, that impressive to take Will Chambers to school defense, uh, in the centers. But um, uh, but uh, yeah, he he did a he did Will a great Chambers job. Will Chambers was um was was in on the celebration as much as <laughs> he got he got Kenny Edwards, but he did it to himself. <laughs> he didn't got the Kenny cuddle, but by his own volition. I don't know what the fuck was up with that. Uh, but uh, yeah, but now Ham will be happy. No more origin. No more origin. Yeah. which is um great. Um, Parramatta we'll talking um doing our mock up team list for next year. <laughs> Parramatta, oh, finally, Parramatta got <laughs> out of the game. Twenty twenty. That's the vision we want. Thankfully, Parramatta got out of the game without any injuries to uh, Blake Ferguson or Quinton Gufferson in the stands. It also needs to be pointed out that New South Wales are undefeated with Quinton Gufferson in the extended team. So something of good luck charm there. Well done, Quinton. Parramatta Eels facts. Get onto it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Subscribe, baby. Uh, but yeah, and that is the first back-to-back series win for New South Wales since 0405, I think, if I'm not mistaken. That's what That's the commentary right, yeah. were, um, were shouting out there. Uh, and... It was good to good to see uh, Queensland have to suck it up after their golden run, but geez, they had a scared for a little bit when that left edge of New South Wales disintegrated. Cordner and, and Maloney just going the, to Jello. Oh my god! Like the the second half was just awful for Maloney, but especially that final fifteen minutes. 
It was just oh, um, just mentally disintegrated. Yeah, Ali, um, charged down by Ethan Lowe, missed the tackle for um, the final try. I can't remember if that was. He just missed both tackles. It was just awful defensive reading, awful defense, which we expect and know that Maloney's going to bring that um, awful tackle fight. They should have iced that game. Really, New South Wales when they. Oh, I thought top. they were about to go and put, you know, 20 points on them at that point. Yeah, and then um, there was a play there where I think it was second tackle and it was a repeat set. Um, and Maloney sees space. Oh, they kick it out to Fergo. To Fergo, yeah. yeah. And Fergo obviously and wasn't in position for it and he just pointed ahead a, of it. It was a shit bounce, I have to say. That thing just sped straight up yeah. as soon as it touched the ground. That's true. Uh, but this, um, as much as we, we do um, make fun of Ham for trying to put Origin behind us now, that did lead to an interesting revelation, didn't it? After Junior Paul's interview followed with um, the uh, the rise of Fergo and Guffo through the ranks, you're a little bit more amenable to our players getting some um, taste of rep football, aren't you, Ham? Yes, I'm all for it. I think I, I, I've sort of come around to Origin a little bit again, um, <laughs> maybe because of New South Wales winning. I don't know. It could be that. Um, but it, it could be an important it, building block for this team, couldn't it? For the for Parramatta, that is not New South Wales. Is for getting... sure. I think um, you know we've got a lot of young guys in there, and sort of as we saw with Gutherson, just sort of he's on the cusp of Origin. Um, I think if Junior has another good year, um, he should be looking probably at being. Um, do they still have the emerging squads? They do do emerging squads at, at certain times of year in the preseason. Yeah, and, so and I wonder whatnot. if you know if he should get a look in because he's had pretty good season this year. Um, and if he builds Brown, on that probably. next year, he could be looking at being um, a backup prop. I mean, they could. I mean, Nathan Brown they, could also fit into that role yeah. too. Brownie would be, he'd fit Origin to it. He, he is one of those guys that looks like he is made for it, yeah. And he just loves the contest, loves the physicality. Who needs a coach whisperer at 10K now when you've got a big <laughs> <career? laughs> Suck on oh that. Oh, my you God. That, the fact that there is a man out there that can make that much money for doing nothing, just what is wrong with all my boys? Into his ear. Do you reckon it's it, it nice or? Sweet nothing. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> Alrighty. Um, any, any more origin, uh, what's it called, uh, posturing and uh, discussion, boys, or you want to move on? How good were the refs? Let's not even go into that rabbit hole because that is a, a podcast unto itself. That was something else. According Maybe to Annesley, it was, um, it was a great performance. And, you yeah, know. yeah. Maybe yeah, we could great. rival the um, the Badgers podcast because they have a podcast about referees. Maybe we could be the anti-referee podcast. <laughs> oh, All right, let's move on. There's a little bit of news for Parramatta this week. Um, some of it – or. I think all of it, well, no, some of it's not great. The other part's not too too bad. But um, the, the worst part of the news this week is that Manu Ma'u is going to be leaving from Parramatta at the end of the season. Um, he was being uh, in discussion for Eels for a new contract for some time and was pushing for a two-year deal, but the Eels wouldn't budge on a one-year offer. And as such, he's going to the English Super League to join Hull for a two-year uh, contract. Um, really, I mean... Hull FC I, or Hull KR? Hull FC. There you go, Hull FC. <laughs> Thought I'd get you there, forty. <laughs> See, I just like let someone else answer for me. That's a smart play there. Um, but that, yeah, this this is um. While I understand the move from the club, this is obviously uh, an unfortunate parting of ways. Manu is one of the uh, really, really awesome success stories for rugby league, um, turning his life around from like literal rock bottom. Um, you know, max security, New Zealand prison, um, after being you know running around on the Auckland streets as part of a gang, and he reinvents himself as a not only as a like a great rugby league player and cult hero, but as an off-field uh, leader and um, 
and assistant to helping people, you know, walk on the right path as well. So, um, you know, thank you, Manu, for all your services and hopefully you can get us into the finals this year. But, uh, yeah, that is going to be a parting of the ways for one of the classic figures in um, Parramatta's rebuilding arc in recent years. Yeah, and, um, yeah, I can I can see why the club probably wanted to only have him for a year and obviously the player wants to look after their future and everything, so... Yeah, neither party was no. wrong in their, in their demands here. Um, no, 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 no. And, you know, for people... Blaming the club, he... Sorry, him. I, I, him I lost you terms. there. Okay. Um, we wanted to keep him on our terms, you know. Exactly. You can't be, you can't be giving into every single play because we've done that in the past and it look where it, it put us, so... And especially with the injury concerns in the last... That, that's, that's the thing is that Manu's got less wear on the tyres because he started as a you know late bloomer given his um uh, prison sentence, but the um, injuries in recent years that have crept into his seasons and he hasn't had a complete season for some time... Um, you know, you can see where the club is coming from here. And we're also at a, at a sort of crossroads of our cap management now where we have a lot of a lot of space, Scott, sorry, a lot of space um, available, but we also want to be very careful of how we commit it. Uh, if we're looking, you know, to hunt for certain free agents, high-profile free agents or, you know, otherwise representative caliber players on top of looking after our own talent that's going to be looking for their second contract soon in the likes of Dylan Brown, <clears throat> Reed Marnie and whatnot, all the, the talented players there, we, our cap management needs to be very prudent. And so while this decision was painful, I can definitely understand where the club is coming from. And I certainly wish Manu nothing but the best uh, when he joins Hull. And it's well inter- yeah, uh, very well said. It's interesting. Um, the club must be very confident in either bringing someone in with a bit of experience or they're confident in um, Murata being that edge player um, that we think we yeah, can Yeah, that, that's an beat. interesting point, Ham, because it, that's a decision you don't make lightly given what Manu does bring to the team. So they're, they're obviously got, you know, some sort of succession planning there, whether they think next year or the year after there's the answer. It remains to be seen, but they've they're definitely got something cooking, right? Oh, yeah, it, they have to, because you just, you know, if, if you're not confident in either bringing someone in or bringing someone up, you'd you'd fight a little bit harder, I think. Like if if we didn't have anything, we probably would have given him for the two years. But we we must have something. We must have something. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope we have he's something. he's not not necessarily going to be the only eel departing to the Super League at season's end, if not before. Uh, reports also surfaced this week that Bevan French is likely to depart to the Super League potentially before the end of the year. Was it uh, Saint Helens that I saw him linked to? Yeah, is that where Jackson Hastings is going? I got no idea. Not the biggest yeah, super from, from what I remember, it was linking up those two and okay. um, St. Helens. Okay, so um, I mean, Bevan French obviously will do well in that um, more offensively orientated uh, competition. Uh, unfortunately, his career at Parramatta has petered out and sort of hit a dead end. And he, he hasn't needs been to able try to... harder, Bev. That's and that, that's a fair, very fair criticism, but evidently it's not going to happen here. So um, I do wish him well if he leaves the club. Um, and I hope he enjoys the British weather because it's not too great up there. Um, and so that's no, the. So uh, don't side. you don't you don't you protect those pommy gits seriously? <laughs> um, so no, uh, as you said, I think the uh, English game was super to a T. You know, just sort of really open game. Um, Defence isn't is good over there. He can show those flashes of brilliance, and then you know, like Blake Ferguson, uh, not Blake Ferguson, Blake Austin's <laughs> yes, uh, his, his highlights are just perspective man of so steel. Everyone sees him making three mm-hmm. tries, assists a game, four tries a game. Um, you know, kicking all the goals or whatever. So all these highlights will be streamed, will be beamed back here, and you know, 
fantastic. He just needs to put in more effort. And I, I hope for him because he has the talent. And despite his size, he, I still think he can be an NRL player. He's just, he just needs to go over there and realize that if he wants to come back to Australia and play in the NRL, just needs to put in, you know, fifty percent more effort. Yeah, this this could be the making of Bev. I hope it is. Because you look at you watch Josh Adokar in the arena of state of origin and you know physically they're not that dissimilar and Adokar just tears in and that makes a huge difference. Um, you know, he he just embraces and relishes the physicality of the game and that's helped elevate his game. And so And Adokar for his speed and he's a little bit bigger than Bev. Doesn't have that passing skill, doesn't have the kicking skill, doesn't have that footy vision that Bev has. So Mm -hmm. Exactly. So while while Bev gives way a little bit and in weight wise, he certainly makes up for, for the the football talent, doesn't he? Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway. I think. Yep. <laughs> it is what it is. So if he does depart, um, you know, best of best of luck there, son. Uh, there is one more uh, piece of news that Ham and I want. Sorry, to- can I just clarify that? that oh. It's Wigan Warriors. Wigan Warriors. There you go. So one of the bigger clubs alongside St Helens there. Um, so that I mean. It's a, as marquee a club as it gets over in the Super League, I oh, guess. Oh, he's going to Wigan. Oh, no. Weather's awful in Wigan. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> um, but there, there was one more piece of news that Ham and I wanted to bring attention to. Uh, it's down in the schoolboy footy. Um, we're, we're seeing all the um, carnival stuff kick off. The various um, state uh, branch rep teams, uh, CHS, CCC, all those ones, CIS as well, even though they didn't generally produce big, big players for the um, NRL. Um, they're all been selecting their teams in recent weeks. As you'd expect, the Eels are pretty well represented across all those different teams uh, from Queensland and New South Wales, actually, uh, with uh, the new, well, I wouldn't say newly signed, but broken by the media recently, uh, prop forward Asaya Valalo and Jack Hoffman. I don't think any relation to our Hoffman, but maybe not, um, being selected for the Queensland Maroons um, in the under-16s, I want to say. Is that right? 18s. 18s. It was 18s. There you go. Yeah. Um, New South Wales CHS features David Tui, Trey Mooney, and Caleb Toey. Uh, David Tui was the player of the tournament for the um, CHS selection carnival, wasn't he, Ham? Yeah, player of the trials. I was just, I just read. So, yeah, so um, that, good on him. Good on him. Um, that that's a, a big turnaround. I mean, it wasn't like he was, you know, awful in the SG ball this year, but it, it is a big step up for him to go from a bench utility hooker to player of the trials of the selection trials there. So you know, hopefully that you know means he can kick on from there. And the New South Wales CCC is dominated by Parramatta players. Uh, Brad's eldest son, Jacob Arthur, is in there. Uh, Tyler Field, Samuel Loizu, uh, Unitoni Matelli, Jonte Befamisa, and Peter Tatio uh, are all from uh, St. Pat's Blacktown and have all been selected for the combined Catholic colleges. Um, so obviously St. Pat's one of the uh, powerhouse teams in the schoolboy level, and it's been reflected with um, just the Parramatta players there because I imagine there would be a few Penrith players and whatnot also uh, being picked in that team. Um, anything, anyone there that really jumps out of the page for you? Um, Sam Luizu. I'm very surprised by his rise this year. He's, he started, he, um, he played in the halves alongside Jacob Arthur for the, I believe the Rouse Hill Rhinos, Rhinos. Um, started off this year on the wing, went to center, has played really tough, played really well. So I'll, I'll be interested. Um, all these games are live streamed on the Australian We'll post it with the Hamish. will post it's it. Like it's like the AWSRL. AWSRL, that's right. The Australian State Schoolboys Rugby League or something like that. If you type that into Google, something will pop up and a yeah. live streaming option will um, be there. It starts this Sunday. And I'd also like to give a shout out to 
Cody Parry, uh, younger brother of Ethan, and Miles Martin, who were picked for the Australian 15s merit team um, after their performances for the uh, for their schoolboys mm-hmm. uh, last weekend. Everyone knows I talked up Miles Martin over through throughout the year, so uh, it's good to see him get picked and play of the tournament. And Cody Parry, um, younger brother of Ethan, signed, yep. yeah, recently signed. Uh, recently announced he signed with the club. Um, and had a tremendous yeah, strike rate in that tournament as well. Yeah, he scored f- four tries out of five games. So uh, good on him. All th- all their games are up on um, on Facebook too. So if you want to go out, have a look at that, do so. Um, Cody's just, he's basically another Ethan. He's an outside back. He's tall, <laughs> he's lanky. Um, he's aggressive. He's tough. Um, so yeah, I think we've got another good one on our hands. I there. reckon the um, the backyard footy between Ethan and Cody would have been something to behold. That would have been Ooh. pretty 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 rough and tumble. Oh, God. I think they'd run through trees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, um, some important notes as well. Um, the Parramatta Eels potentially had more candidates, but injury got in the way. Uh, Jaden Skinner was a New South Wales CCC uh, representative, but had to withdraw due to injury. Uh, standout uh, centre Viliami Penasini was unavailable due to surgery while um, other potential strong contenders like Sean Russell, uh, Taylor Moala, and uh, podcast favourite Matt Komalafi uh, were also injured and couldn't make the selection trials. Um, alongside that, uh, long, long-term country prospect for the Eels, Charlie Murray had a great uh, tournament in, sorry, I'm just trying to track this down here, in the fraternity shield in one player of a tournament and was extremely unlucky not to be picked for the Queensland Maroons. Although I'm kind of struggling, I'm not really sure why he's being picked for Queensland. I thought he was because he goes to a Queensland school. Oh, he so he did transfer out of Port then. So yeah, um, I can't remember what school he goes. Yeah, he goes to a Queensland school. So Charlie Charlie Murray was a Port Macquarie prospect at one point, but evidently that is just down the road from Maxville, which is in Queensland. So <laughs> um, there we go. Um, and so yeah, Asai Valalo and Charlie Murray are featured in a nice little picture at that tournament on TCT. You can catch that alongside Miles Martin and Cody Perry in their Merit Fifteens jersey for Australia. Um, now, I'm quickly passing 60's blog here because he um, did a good good job here hiding all that, and I'm pretty certain that is the extent of our scoreway presence. Um, so, yeah, very well presented across uh, the two strong New South Wales teams in CHS and CCC, and it's nice to have a couple of Queensland prospects as well, um, as, as um, you know, two-headed as they can be sometimes. So. <laughs> <laughs> that um that'll that'll wrap up the um this week's edition of the NRL news to um steal a line from another rugby league show one that's actually syndicated though, um and we'll move on to the previews, uh in the women's premiership West coming in at fifth place this week will be hosting Wenty in eighth that'll be played um on Saturday the thirteenth eleven fifteen out at Campbelltown, in the Shield the Guildford Owls fourth will be playing the Bulls. On Sunday at the 14th, 1pm, McCready Park, which is obviously the Guildford home game. In the Ron Massey Cup, the Wolves in ninth place host Wenty, who are still holding their fort down at first despite their loss last week. That's happening on Sunday, 2pm at Wentworth Park. Um, and in the two major grades, you've got the Canterbury Cup uh, with the Wenty Magpies. Sorry, that's Magpies versus Magpies. So it's West Magpies, ninth versus Wenty Magpies, eighth. And that's actually going to be gotcha, gotcha. got me good there. <laughs> shitty, shitty itinerary notes, no, but yes, uh, magpie versus magpie action. Um, make sure you pack your little sparkly mirrors on the top of your head. That's going to be one fifty p.m. at Bank West, so that'll be the curtain raiser to the four ten kickoff for the NRL. I dare say, or the I, I, I prefer the bike helmet with the zip ties. There you go, with the zip ties. So, 
Um, that takes us to Team West for the Canterbury Cup, formerly the ISP Cup, formerly the New South Wales Cup. It's gone through a few different iterations recently. Um, where are we at? I had that, and now I've I've lost it. There we go. Wenty uh, will line up as such. Uh, Bevan French at fullback, Hayes Dunster and Greg Lalissiwa on the wings, Josh Bergerman and Ethan Parry backing up from the 20s in the centres. Uh, Joey Tapari gets another shot in um, CC, which is great to see, with uh, the 20s on the... Second leg of a two-week bye, the global two-week bye. He gets another crack in the senior grade. He'll be partnered by Will Smith in the halves. Tim Manor, Matt McKilrick, and Daniel Alvaro will make up our starting front row. In the back row, you've got Andrew Davies, Celeste Fainga, and Oregon Kafusi, which Ham will get to in a little bit. Um, on the interchange bench, you've got Reese Davies, Mitch Budfield, like Ethan Parry, Stefano Otoikamano is expected to back up. Uh, Hymona Hirodi and Darice Miller as 18th man. And they'll be playing uh, the Magpies, who I haven't got the team list ahead of me. So I'm not sure what the NRL talent looks like this week. But Ham, you want to um, dive into your, your big um, gripe this week? What is it? You want, do you want to just feed on about the rotation and the fact that they're starting Oregon oh, Cavusi yeah, again? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, touched on it earlier. I just think um, it's better for – because you want to – you know, we're a development club and um, you want to get the hands in the ball of the young guys and – you know, make sure they're make the, making their tackles and everything. I just think having um, Oregon off the bench, and it's not like it used to be coming off the bench where you only play 10, or you might play 10 minutes, you mightn't play at all. Um, so him coming off the bench, he can still play um, 30, 40 minutes from there. Um, that the bench matters, means- damn it. I wish I wish like players and coaches were more uh, cognizant yeah, of it. Like, the, we've you won win. a lot of games yeah, exactly. from the bench. Yep. And the fact from that the impact from the bench and, everyone wants to be a know, starter, it kills me. Start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I just, the bench is very important because, you know, two two out of the four of the guys would be probably playing 40 minutes each or 30 minutes each, depending on how you, um, how good your starting front rowers are. But, yeah, if you got some energy off the bench, um, some impact straight away, which Stefano and Oregon can bring, they're not, they're guys that will get right into the game straight away. They're in that, uh, Tim Manimold, where, you know, Timmy doesn't matter whether he starts or whether he's off the bench. Um, he's in the game as soon as he's on the field. So, um, yeah, that's just sort of – I just I just think it would be better if we pop Oregon on the bench, um, move one of the Homona Harodi or someone to lock, um, just get him on there just to be on the field and sort of make up the numbers because – your, your main guys you want to hit up, taking hit ups are Tim, Danny, Celesi, um, and then obviously your outside backs there. You want to get the ball, you want to get the hands in the ball of your top 30 players. And if we want to be a development club, we don't want Oregon taking four hit ups, making. Yeah, exactly. Meters. We want him to be taking 10 hit ups or more, making 20, 30 tackles. Um, and he'll be better for it in the long run. So I'd, I'd like to see him go back to the bench, not as a demotion. I see that as a as a promotion. You you're giving. Yeah, you're you're looking to him to take control of the game, like you're saying. Yeah, after after you take off your two big starters, you you know, two hundred gamer in Tim and a hundred gamer in um, Daniel Alvaro. You're taking those two guys off. You then you're giving it to Stefano and Oregon, saying, "You guys need to continue what they've done." So I reckon that it would be a big, big promotion if they. Um, if Rip Taylor and BA told them that, I reckon that both of them would take it on their shoulders, take it with two hands and run with it. A good call. Now, one notable absentee from the back line is George Jennings, who's picked up a calf injury and will be out of action until round 22. 
So that's why Josh Bergman's back in the team. Um, aside from that, Ham, what do you think? When do you take the take the win this week? Make it three in a row, is it? Um, they won. Bevan French was the first try scorer in Bankwest Stadium, so we've always got to remember that. <laughs> um, I think they can because I look at that West team. I yeah, I, I looked. I just pulled up the team, and it's not Flash. Um, no, it's Jock, Jock Madden, Russell Packer, uh, Sony Luke's at hooker, Luke Garner. Luke Garner. Yeah. Um, Jack Miller is a name that we were talking about before the podcast. Um, and in the extended team, there is Dylan Clifford. So that's a Parramatta junior that ended up at the Wests. So um, good best of luck to him. I'm not sure if he's going to play this week, though, because he's the 18th man. Um, but yeah, this is a great chance for Wenty to, to look to push back into top four contention now. Um, they're, yeah, they're, but we say that. I, we say that very, very loosely. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Just knock on that wood. Um, they, they have a real shot here. Nice. Um, and, and as much as we've um, we've uh, deservedly heaped shit on them for their uh, you know chronic underperforming this year, the fact that they're now in the hunt for the top four is you know a huge opportunity. And um, yeah, I think um, with Bev's the key to this team. Like he's mm-hmm. he's where the points come from. He's where the well, there's, there's no Jamie Salmon this week, so they're going to need someone to step up. And I yeah, know you said Jamie um, had a good game last week, and well, in parts. And yeah, and if they cut the grass short again, it should be a bit of free flow attacking footy. I'm, I think it's supposed to be sunny for the rest of the week, so Bevy needs to get his hands on the ball 50, 40, 50 times mm-hmm. in this game. Good call. Um, really push hard, even if they move him into the halves. Like you can move Hayes Dunster into fullback, and he can work around that sort of defensive pattern. But if you have um, Bevy playing in the halves there, sort of getting his hands on the ball, first or second receiver, I think he can use his speed, especially if it's a short, um, dry surface. He needs to be touching that ball. He could he could put on a hat-trick. Excellent. He could easily put on a hat-trick. He could easily put on a double hat-trick if, if he wants, if he wants to do it. That's the big question. All righty, moving on to the main event now. Um, by virtue of the Cronulla Sharks shitting the bed against the Brisbane Broncos, the Paramount Eagles start this round at 7th. And they'll be hosting, or not hosting, they're actually hosting from away here. It's the West Tigers home game at Bank West, so an away game at home for the Eels. Eels in 7th, West Tigers in ninth, 4pm Sunday, Bank West Stadium. This is a game that has a lot of important top eight implications. Uh, Paramount have a chance to open up a buffer against the chasing pack here. Um, they've played pretty well against West in recent times. Let's just run through the team list before we get into the um, nitty gritty of the game. For the Eels... Wait, do we do do we do the opposition team, Hamish? I don't even remember anymore. Whichever way you want to do it. All right, let's let's start. Oh, let's... you sound even worse, man. Yeah, you've gotten worse, Sorry. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting with the um the the team that is uh, home and away here. Uh, Corey Thompson, Robert Jennings, Moses and Pye will back up his sensational turnout in the centres for Queensland. <laughs> a little bit of sarcasm there, thank you. Um, it was a great Darius Point impersonation. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> um, we were back up into the centres for the West Tigers, the probably the highest-paid centre in the competition, by the way. Um, he'll be joined there by Isan Masters. David Nofaluma is enjoying a second chance in first grade this year on the other wing. Uh, in the halves, Benji Marshall will be marking game 300, the BM 300. He doesn't get a hashtag, though, I don't think, unlike hashtag cap 400. Um <laughs> Luke Brooks yeah, in the house. He doesn't get three weeks of <laughs> yeah. the the body the fox the fox sports hard. countdown. Oh my god! Uh, Josh Alleyway has shifted into the front row in recent times. Joined there by Robbie Farah and former Eel Alex Twow. 
uh, Ryan Madison, Chris Lawrence, and Matt Eisenhue round out the starting pack. That's a lot of ex-Eels in there. Alioi, Twow, Madison, and Eisenhue, yeah. Four out of six. Yeah. Eisenhue Eisenhue obviously never really progressed at the Eels um, from the then, was it Toyota Cup for Eisenhue? Um, And then he had a long road back to footy with the, the bout of cancer that he battled through. So that's a good rugby league story there. On the bench, Jacob Little's playing again. God. Uh, Thomas McKayley, Elijah Taylor, and the uh, the next NRL superstar, according to some, Michael Cheekham. Um, as long as he can play South Sydney or Newcastle, was it? Who was and that? And then for the last five minutes of each game. Yeah, exactly. And everyone forced so, yeah, we've got, we've got to make sure we're not close. We're not, you know, up by a... <laughs> he, he cannot have the ball in the last five minutes of play. Like, that's just how yeah. it is. Um, and now for the Eels, not too many changes this week. Um, they obviously had a great comeback from um, behind victory over the Raiders before he entered the bye. Uh, from the back, Quinton Gufferson, and he'll have the C next to his name. Uh, Maker Sevo and Blake Ferguson will be on the wings. Brad Takarangi and Josh Hoffman, who's enjoyed a, a great little uh, sort of comeback season so far. He was cleared of any serious injury, fortunately, against <clears throat> Brisbane, was it? Yeah, and he played against um, uh, Canberra. Yeah. So he's, um, yeah. he's okay. Yeah. Um, in the halves, Dylan Brown is going to have his second game back from that long-term layoff alongside Mitchell Moses. Kane Evans, Reed Money, and the big beast, Junior Polo, on the front row. Sean Lane, Manu Ma'u, and Nathan Brown will finish out an unchanged forward pack from their last start win. On the bench, Jamin Salmon getting that super sub role. Be interesting to see how they use him this week. Maradonia Kore comes back into the team after the birth of his second child. He replaces the suspended Penny Tarepo. And then David Gower and Tepe Moreau hold down their spots from the win over Canberra. Alrighty, boys, what do you got? Have at it. Uh, when you look at the teams, like we should easily come out comfortable winners here. We don't have to go out and win fifty-one to six or whatever it was the first time. Um, you know, we just play our game. Um, you know, still play footy. We still still play. Uh, you look at that team. Corey Thompson have a. Fit. Sorry, I got you dropping it out there, Ham. Oh, okay. Um, sorry about that. That's all right. No, I'll, I'll, I'll take over. Okay, here we go. <laughs> here, we, here we are. So West Tigers are a team that won't beat themselves. So we've got to do what we can to win the game and not just try and cruise like we have on some occasions this season. Um, so as long as we're up for it and realise they're not going to be a walkover, because if we don't put in that effort for 80 minutes, then West Tigers can be there at the death and, now they've got Cheek Ham's done it to two teams now. Yeah. And we certainly don't want him to do it to us. The finisher. Birdie, yeah, that's about all I had. Sorry. No, that was that outstanding work from our glorious leader. Bertie, what do you got, baby? Um, don't, don't lose. Please don't lose because <laughs> I get joy. Not at Paramount winning, but West Tigers losing at our new home. And the second most gypsies <laughs> piss off, I'll be even more happy. But um, oh, just... I reckon just do what we did um, when we burst in last time. Just have uh, – first 20 minutes is key. We're going to – hopefully no one gets knocked out and um, do well. Like just bring a lot of energy and surely the Tigers, they'll just crumble because they're, they're going to expect to be up for Benji's game. So if we can out-infuse them, they're going to be like, well, brought our A game and we still can't match them. And Yeah, just um, just do the opposite we did to Canberra as well. Just, just cut the errors out. You cut the errors out, it's going to be an easy game. Do you want to do it the easy way or do you want to do it the hard way? Because I'm sick and tired of uh, you know, just seeing error after error after error, and it's just it's just so frustrating. So yeah, just start well, guys, and hold on to the ball and kick long and chase hard. 
We're going to make an NRL coach out of you yet, Birdie. I like that. <laughs> uh, I think HR wouldn't want that. Poskers. Boys, I've got the Poskers out. Right on the whiteboard. <laughs> um, Ham? Um, yeah, looking at attacking-wise, our back th- our back three have been crucial all year, but um, bring us out because I I look at the Tigers forwards and they're very hard-working, but I'm not sure if there's... Oh, Maddo um, can sort of break a game open with his size and hands and everything. But, yeah, I'm not seeing much there, but they're just a team that will just... They, they'll grind it out to that final five minutes where they can make anything happen. Like they won't, they won't necessarily win it in that fight, but they'll just grind away and they'll just keep grinding and grinding and grinding, which you don't really expect from the Tigers. But they'll put themselves in that opportunity just to win that final minutes. So I'll either give it to Benji, um, Corey Thompson, uh, Michael Cheekan somehow. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how he's there. Do we know who will be marking David Nofaluma? Does he play on the left or the right? Oh my god, I'm having a. He's left. He's, he's left? left. That's Virgo. Yeah. All right, yeah, he's number two, isn't he? Number two. Uh he's number five in this game, but oh, I, I don't right. think that matters. Oh, hang on, I got the app. <laughs> I always, I always assumed like the first. Uh, yeah, the, oh, isn't the first winger named is up like, the left hand side? Like, not not all the time. But whoever's – like, either way, if it's Micah Siva or Blake Ferguson, need to make sure our cross-field kicks are on point this week because, you know, they haven't got – I think Robert Jennings is their tallest player at 190. So, you know, Moses Zambai is pretty short. It'd be uh, – uh, I think it's Sivo. Yeah. Sivo, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I, we'll find out game day. So. Mm-hmm. Our, our attacking kicks this week need to be pinpoint because if they are, we can – Exploit a, a big, mis- big mismatch there, yeah. Um, but yeah, in the forwards, I think again, it's they're just a grind. Like they'll just, yeah, as Hamish said, they won't they won't lose a game. Oh, they they won't lose it for themselves. Mm-hmm. So we need to go out there and and win it. We don't don't need to do anything flash. We just need to hold the ball, um, complete at 75 percent. Um, I think we can get it just in front of them. And this is as I said before. There's important implications for the chasing pack for the Eels here. They have a chance to open up a two-game lead on the Tigers. But they're also, for results, they can potentially draw even with the Raiders and Seagulls this week. Raiders playing uh, traditional bunnies in the um, the Dragons, unfortunately. But Manly have drawn a pretty tough game against the Rabbitohs who'll be looking to bounce back with their returning origin stars. So you handle your own business first, obviously. But uh, this is a game that could set the Eels up for a bit of a run here. Um, and we know that we can we can beat these guys. We saw it back in uh, the opening of West Bank, Bank West, West Bank, Western Sydney Stadium. Always get those mixed up, sorry. Where we piled on 50 points on, on them. And I'm not expecting a similar result because that doesn't happen that often, right? But as we've been, Birdie started with it, you know, you talk about the fundamentals. You, you look after your own business. You play hard. You do your kick chases. You do your tackles and all that stuff and the rest comes. Um, I think if we, we can harness what we, we did against Canberra, um, we're going to be very hard to beat. And that, that's a big gift because this team's been very manic and bipolar across the course of the season. But I think the bye will come at a good, it came at a good time for us. Um, a chance to, you know, obviously get Dylan Brown on ice again after he came back from his back injury. And I'm really looking forward to these guys backing it up and making it uh, uh, back-to-back-to-back wins, hopefully. Three on a trot. 
and um, you know, and then start start building genuine top four credentials. Um, Especially going into you know, you don't want to talk about next week, but if we go three in a row against Inter Manly at Brook at Brookie, who we have a pretty good record against recently, that'd be massive. So they need mm-hmm. to they really need, and what how many points per game are we at? Banquet's about thirty something, isn't it? Yeah, our 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 home differential is really really strong. Um, obviously, barring that one big game against Penrith, where we just you know were pretty um, ass up, uh, we've we've had great performances. We put uh, four, what was it, thirty eight in the Broncos, fifty um, something on the Tigers. Uh, we put thirty on the Dragons, so the the margin of victory there is pretty big. So it is a great chance so, yeah, to for Bankwest where. It- 157 in attack. This is just quick. Uh, one plus one equals two quick maths. Um, <laughs> so nearly 40 points Nearly forty points a game. Four, 54 points against. Is that four that's or five games played at Bank West? That's one, two, three, four, five. Five. So what did you say? It was 100, 158 points? Yeah, yeah, about that. Yeah, so just, just over 30, 32 points thereabouts. Um, that's pretty good. Point six, to be precise. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Um, that's, that's, I mean, if you're scoring 32 points in a game, that's going to be a victory, you know, the vast majority of times. Um, and you're only taking out what, five, uh, 10.1 against. Yeah. Well, and if that's the case, this is also around where the Eels can start to build their for and against. I'm not saying that we're going to smash the Tigers, but the, the for and against goes both ways in this spot for the top eight. It's a, it's a, you know, essentially a double, uh, double value game. Tigers on negative 48, Parramatta on positive 11. Um, every point of four and against counts for twice in these two teams. This context of chasing the eight, um, but yeah, we're we're looking to you know chase down teams like the Sharks got sixteen points positive, uh, Seagulls are on forty four points positive, the Knights are on fifty five points positive, and after that it gets a little bit more out of reach. That's a, a longer term project, but there is a chance here to you know build our differential up as well, um, and that obviously Just comes. Just a point of clarification. <clears throat> Nofaluma on the right. There we go. Uh, playing outside of Isan Masters. So he'll be up against Maker. Um, he did the, the wiggle fingers after Isan try last week, if you remember, against the Roost. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Good call. Uh, yeah. what, um, what do you got, Betty? Gufferson, right, he was 18th man and 19th man for Origin. And the sh- like, for him to see what we did, or New South Wales did, if that doesn't inspire you to one day play for New South Wales and give it your best each week, then nothing will. So I, I expect... I reckon he'll have a. You know, uh, a I'm looking for Guffer to tear in as well. I think he got yeah. a, he got a taste of the the Origin life, and he's obviously yeah, exactly. he's obviously in good in good standing there because he improved from 19th man to 18th man after impressing in the preparation for the Perth game uh, game two. Um, yeah, he's got a little he's got a little slice of what representative football means now, and I'm expecting him to come back and and look to the, obviously he tears in every week, but even for Gufferson's levels to really come in and, and play some good hard footy. Um, yeah, and then and, you know, Mitchell Moses is always a big game for him up against the X Club, um, but you know, hopefully, he just doesn't overplay his hand, you know, and just lets lets the game flow around both him and Dylan Brown, because that that was a big part of the comeback against Canberra, was that uh, even though Dylan wasn't great offensively, I think between the two of them they let the game uh, they didn't like let the game get away from him, but they also didn't try and force it either. You know what I mean? Sort of they didn't yeah. they didn't you know just fade into obscurity, but they also didn't try and try and force tries, which is Mitchell Moses's probably one of his biggest uh, flaws at times, or it has been in the past, as he, you know, tries to force his hand and, and throw the flashy cutout pass or, um, you know, do do the aggressive kick. So if he just lets the okay, game... Just, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, just letting you know it's 7.30. Oh, 
Okay, let's um, let's wrap it up there. We've got uh, predictions and shout-outs quickly. We'll get, into, get through those into the cricket. All right, starting off, uh, Betty, you lead off, don't you? Yeah, yeah Parra is going to win 26-6. First try scorer is going to be Dylan Brown and suck at West Tigers. Bang, bang, bang. I love it. Ham? Uh, 32-8. to eight. Going right along that. Sticking, sticking right along the margins. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, first try scorer, Marcus here, though. Beautiful. Uh, our glorious leader, Hamish. I like that 32, but I'm going to say 32-16. First try scorer, Clinton Gutherson. I like the first try scorer. I'm going to go with Guffo as well. Um, I, I really like the goddamn, your score lines are great. Um, I'll, I'll be a little bit more modest. Uh, 26 to 8, maybe, to Parramatta. First try scorer, obviously, Guffo. Now let's do a lightning round of shout-outs. Birdie? Yeah, uh, my Twitter's Bevan Heaven 1, so... Um if he leaves, got to get a new one. So yeah, put some <laughs> down in the comments and yeah, suck at West Tigers. Uh, ham? Uh, no matches on Tinder this week. Twitter <laughs> is twenty two. Oh, well. Plenty of fish too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's 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 the big fish in the big pond, girls. You got to oh, you got to no, you got to you got to swipe right. Um, I'll, I'll I'll save Ham Hamish after because he's the big boss. Um, forty twenty. You can catch me on the Cumberland Fro on Twitter at Eels TCT. Uh, just off the the charts. Uh, NBA was free agency was fucking insane. Um, it's going to be absolutely crazy next year. NFL was like three weeks away from the preseason. So God yes, and um, baseball's been really cool as well. All that sort of shit. Um, now, Hamish, take us away, baby. And um, at Parapodcast forward slash Parapodcast on Facebook. And, um, yeah, go, go Australia. Go the Blues. And uh, we'll play you out with that game ceiling try. You didn't say go the Eels, mate. Go the Eels. Go the Eels. It's just oh. implied. It's implied. Oh. All righty. And as, as Hamish alluded to, uh, I'll take you away with the uh, piece of – forever immortal them for Blake Ferguson as he secures the back-to-back series wins for New South Wales. Here we go. Play of the game. It's dropped down. They're going nowhere in this set. It comes to Cordner. They're going to have to find touch at the end of this. Cordner's dropped down, played the cook, throws to Murray. Murray then sends it on to Pierce, who didn't really want it. Get that gives it to Tom Trevojevic. Out to Ferguson. Runs down the sideline. He's ankle tapped, but he stands his ground. Throws it into the Nesco. 15 out. Pinty is back. Goes for the line. Scores. Scores. New South Wales win. New South Wales win with a try with 27 seconds to go.